This is Father Kevin Hale with the homily for the third Sunday of Easter, the 15th of April. On Easter Monday last, the 2nd of April, another attack on Catholics leaving Mass took place in Pakistan, where four Catholics were killed in the Punjab province of the country. Christians in Pakistan are a very small minority there, in fact only 2% of the 208 million population. But it's a scenario that's repeating itself with growing frequency right across the world, so that the 21st century is rapidly becoming, like the 20th, one of the most persecuted eras of modern times for Christians. But it isn't a new phenomenon, it's been going on since the beginning, as Pope Francis recently alluded to. As part of the Pope's Lenten Catechesis on the Mass, um, Pope Francis spoke during his weekly audiences about three elements of the Mass that we would do well, I think, to reflect on, especially on this third Sunday of Eastertide. He spoke about the value and meaning of the Mass, the importance of silence at Mass, and the worthy reception of Holy Communion. Sunday is the Lord's Day, the day of the Resurrection, so each week we call to mind this central truth of our faith. The Pope recalled this great number of Christians who have died in defence of the Eucharist, commencing, he said, in the year 304 during the persecution of Diocletian, a group of Christians in North Africa were caught celebrating Mass in a house and were arrested. The Roman proconsul in his interrogation asked them what they'd done, knowing that it was entirely forbidden. And they answered, without Sunday, we cannot live. The early Christians understood that if we cannot celebrate the Eucharist, we cannot spend eternity with God. For as Christ taught, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. By contrast, the Pope went on, Jesus says, whoever feeds on my flesh and blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. During an earlier catechesis, Pope Francis spoke about the importance and power of silence, saying, when we go to Mass, we often arrive a few minutes early and start to chit-chat with those around us. But preparing for Mass should not be wasted with idle chatter. Rather, it should be elevated with a time of silence, a time for the heart to orient itself for our encounter with Jesus. And he went to highlight the invitation of the priest when he says, let us pray, as a moment when we become aware of the presence of God. He says, perhaps we come from a day of weariness, of joy, of pain, and we want to say to the Lord that we invoke his help and ask him to be close to us. We may have relatives and friends who are ill or going through difficult times. We wish to entrust to God the fate of the church and of the world. He also spoke about those other moments of the Mass where words are not being said aloud and during which we can connect with God in the depths of our hearts. On the worthy reception of Holy Communion, the Holy Father speaks about how we ask in the Lord's Prayer for our daily bread. The original words in the Greek text says, give us this super substantial bread, the bread that gives nourishment to our souls. 
Now, we understand that these sentiments are very suitable requests as we prepare for Holy Communion. But he added, according to the warning of St. Paul, it is not possible to communicate in the one bread that makes us one body in Christ without recognising oneself pacified by fraternal love. Now, this passage quoted by the Pope is significant because it contains the famous admonition of St. Paul, for he that eats or drinks the Lord's body and blood unworthily drinks and eats damnation unto himself. To drive home this point, Pope Francis emphasised, we know that someone who has committed a serious sin should not approach Holy Communion without having first obtained absolution in the sacrament of reconciliation. So, some very clear and helpful teaching from the Pope here on Sunday and on Sunday Mass. Because God's plan for us includes Sunday as the time when we give him public honour, worship in the true faith and find rest for our bodies. Even if for some reason we cannot receive the sacraments, we can still have the Mass as the centre of the week, that most basic act of homage to our Creator. Some people do have unavoidable work on the Lord's Day, like mothers and those who have essential services to provide for society, and we accept this. The principle is that we order our lives in such a way as to regain our energy for the week, spend time with our families, and ensure that God is the centre of our lives. When we hear often those stories of what happened at the first years of the first centuries of the church, when the Acts of the Apostles, for instance, relates how the Apostles and the first Christians suffered and were punished for the sake of their faith, and then of subsequent generations of Christians in past ages, it can all sound remote, maybe even romantic to us. But in our own times, this is also not unknown, as with the example I began, and these examples can be multiplied. There are still many places in the world today where the Mass is outlawed, where to build a church or attend Holy Mass is to risk everything. If we live each week with the Mass at the centre, then we can be certain that everything we do during the week leads to and flows back to the Mass. Besides, our Lord wants his friends with him, as he did on that first Easter day, so that the joy of the resurrection can be renewed at each offering of the Mass. During this Easter season, the Church uses a special prayer to Our Lady that's only recited or sung during this time of the year. It's called the Regina Chaley, Queen of Heaven Rejoice, and our bells ring out this prayer during the Easter season. They ring out the melody of it. Because we rejoice with the Virgin Mother that Christ has risen, and we ask her to pray for us to God. And this we confidently do, because she is the first witness to the resurrection, and is the mother of the Church, the mother of all those who believe in her Son. Let us pray. May your people exult forever, O God, in renewed youthfulness of spirit, so that rejoicing now in the restored glory of our adoption, we may look forward in confident hope to the rejoicing of the day of resurrection. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen.